the same again. Okay. See it's working there? Gotcha. And then when you're done, does it stop? And I'll need to turn it around. Where am I? Okay, now I think we're ready to go now that we've gotten the technical difficulties out of the way. <clears throat> How many of you saw an email? How many of you saw an email indicating that what we would do this morning during this class is take the time to share uh, some of the things of Pastor Ted, our beloved pastor, departed pastor, but uh, one whom we still hold with uh, great esteem and affection in our hearts. How many of you saw the email regarding, uh, okay, we, that's what we're going to do. And I'll start us off shortly, but um, you might be, if you haven't seen that email, what we plan to do is just give you an opportunity to share with the others in this, uh, in this class some of the things that Pastor Ted taught you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, doctrinal thing. It could be uh, something that he's taught you in other ways. So um, we will pray and then we will, I'll, I'll begin by sharing some thoughts that the Lord has put on my heart and then give you the opportunity to, uh, to do that as well. Patrick? So if this is going to go on the podcast, you're going to have to move that thing up a little bit to pick up everybody's voice. Otherwise, you're going to need to repeat what everybody says. Oh, yeah. My brother has given me a little recording thing, and he said just kind of aim it out this direction. So that's what I'll be doing. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Let us uh, go to the Lord and ask his blessing upon our time here this morning. Our Father, we, we come to you with um, hearts that are dependent upon you, with hearts full of uh, mixed feelings, both uh, a grief and a rejoicing. And we, we ask that you would be with us during this time, that you would meet with us, that we might do as your word has uh, told us that we can do, honor those who deserve honor, and um, remember those who have instructed us well. We thank you, O Lord, that you, would, that you have given us um, such a rich heritage in many, many ways here at Heritage Baptist Church, but of course through Pastor Ted himself. And Father, we ask that you would direct our hearts and our thoughts, and may we be able to adequately express the gratitude and the appreciation that we have ultimately to you, but also to Pastor Ted for all that he has done and taught us over these many years. Bless our time. Uh, may you be the center and focus and get all the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is <coughs> my uh, privilege to be here and lead us as we share some of the thoughts that the Lord has laid upon our hearts regarding Pastor Ted and um, what will be happening in the near future just so that you'll have an idea is this class is going to continue on in the study in the, the book 50 core truths of the Christian faith they, it will be divided among four different teachers um, be myself um, Tim, 
uh, Jason Houston, and I believe John Lynn. Is it everybody? I think those are the four who are going to be uh, teaching on a um, cyclical basis the class through the rest of the book. So that's that's the plan, just so that you'll know. And there'll probably be more information coming out by way of email in the future. But um, you can keep your books at home and continue to read through the, the chapters and be prepared for that. I first met Pastor Ted, um, well, really didn't meet him, but knew of him. Oh, back in uh, 1966, and uh, he was uh, a student at Bob Jones University, where I was a student as well. So in those days, as many of you know, he wasn't even converted. So I've had the, the privilege of actually knowing him prior to his conversion. I'll tell you a little bit more uh, about my other initial contacts with Pastor Ted in a moment, but first of all, I wanted to share with you just some of, the, some of the things that came to, this is just what came to my mind as I thought about Pastor Ted when I first heard um, the news about his going to be with the Lord. One of the things that came to my mind was Ephesians, Ephesians 4. In verses uh, 7 through 11, <clears throat> it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a captive, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And we're going to find out what those gifts are. <clears throat> now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean? Except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. Basically, that he... He uh, pre-existed in heaven, and he came down, was born a man, came to this earth. <clears throat> and then he says, he descended, uh, he, he who descended is himself also, he uh, who ascended. And of course, he was crucified, he was buried, he was resurrected, and he exalted to the right hand of the Father. So he ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And... He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. And many of you know that the expression pastors and teachers is really a single, referring to a single office, <clears throat> pastor-teacher. <clears throat> we, could, we could hyphenate it um, in essence there. But the thing that came to my mind is that the Lord gave to... Uh, Heritage Baptist Church, but not just Heritage Baptist Church, to the church at large, Pastor Ted. He gave him as a pastor teacher, and you who were able, and I think probably everybody here was able to go to the uh, funeral service yesterday, heard how God used him so effectively in that role. But, <clears throat> but he is um, a gift to the church, a gift to the church. And who was the one who gave him as a gift to the church? The ascended, exalted, resurrected Christ. He's not the only gift. Christ has been doing that ever since he was ascended and exalted to heaven. He's been doing that through the centuries. He did it in this century. He did it with Pastor Ted, and he's done it with Pastor Mark and many others around the globe. But he was one, one choice servant that God has given, and we are so thankful for 
for that gift. <clears throat> so I thought of Pastor Ted just as a gift, a gift to our church. And then I thought about the fact that Pastor Ted just loved and enjoyed the ministry. He loved doing what God had called him to do. In 1 Peter says, with regard to it, Peter says, with regard to elders, therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight. <clears throat> and notice these, these phrases here, how they are to exercise oversight. He says, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. And I think that's a good description of Pastor. He eagerly did what he did. He, he enjoyed it. He didn't feel like he was, oh, this is a drag. I've got to do this under compulsion. No, he enjoyed uh, pastoring and shepherding God's people. He did it willingly. And he didn't do it for sordid gain. I think Pastor Tad was maybe more intellectually astute than we give him credit for sometimes. I think he was really a very, very intelligent man. I think he could have gone very far in many other realms had he chosen to do so. But God blessed him uh, with a heart to serve God's people. So he served, and he served with joy, and he loved the ministry. And then the third thing that came to my mind, I shared these thoughts with, uh, with Rebecca and, uh, and with, with Jonathan as well. But um, PT taught us so well, both by word and example. He, um, and I'm thinking about for me personally, I'm just going to share my own personal thoughts about this and, and my response or my uh, relationship with him. He taught us good, sound doctrine, but as many of you know, <clears throat> um, I've, I've been through seminary. The Lord gave me the opportunity to, to go through seminary. Um, I uh, have been in the Word. I've studied the Word for years, and it wasn't until I was in my 40s that we moved here. Um, Pastor Ted taught me doctrinally, but for me personally, I didn't learn as much doctrinally from Pastor Ted as I did by his example. He taught me by example. Many of the things I had learned in seminary or in other places, uh, I was taught the what, and he showed me how. Somehow he was able to translate the biblical commands and the biblical principles into practical ways that I would say to myself, why, why couldn't I could think of that? <laughs> you know, he just had a way of being able to see how to make this, this principle, this truth, this command practical. And, uh, you know, I'd kind of flog myself and say, man, I, I should have thought of that. <laughs> but I didn't. But Pastor Tad had that unique gift and ability to do that. And, of course, as many of you have have uh, known and, and have been reminded of lately. He, he was so good at relationships with people. Um, I think uh, 
that um, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 says that love hopes all things, believes all things, and I think that's kind of the way Pastor Ted was in his relationship with people. And I kind of think he had a secret, a secret philosophy that if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of uh, thinking well of somebody. And he always was a good example to me in how he could find good in people and see uh, how, how God had uh, used them and blessed them in so many ways. I think he was kind of a, uh, a master in multitasking relationships. <laughs> you know, it's, some people are really good at multitasking. Well, man, he was so good at multitasking. He, he could just keep relationships going all the time. And uh, my, just, uh, my, my first um, relationship with Pastor Ted in a more personal level was when we were living in California and we decided that we needed to move out of the area that we were living in. I can tell you the reasons why some other time. But um, I had lived in Pennsylvania and I lived in South Carolina and uh, lived back in California again where I'm from. So I started making phone calls around to different Reformed Baptist churches that I was considering moving to. I called North Carolina, called back to Pennsylvania where I was from, and called um, Indiana and called Grand Rapids and talked to various pastors in various locations. And I talked to one of the pastors that I had had in Pennsylvania. Some of you may or may not know him, Greg Huffstetler. He's, he's another godly man who just recently celebrated his 40 years as a pastor. But he was a personal friend and a pastor when I lived in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> he actually happens to be Shar Waldron's cousin, if you happen to know, in uh, in Jim Huffstetter's cousin. Anyway, so Greg, I called Greg and I was thinking about moving back to Pennsylvania. And he said, well, do you remember Ted Chrisman? And from what I remembered of Ted Chrisman in college, he wasn't converted, and I didn't have the highest impression of him. So I <laughs> said, uh, yeah, I remember Ted Chrisman. <clears throat> and he said, well, he has gotten converted, and he pastors a church in Owensboro, Kentucky. <clears throat> and I said, Kentucky, is that a state? <clears throat> and... Um, and he said, you might want to give him a call. He gave me the phone number. I called up Pastor Ted. And well, here I am. <laughs> the rest is history. Uh, we came back. I, I really liked what I heard as we talked over the phone. And we were in a church where things were moving, kind of declining. And I had served on the elder board there. We stepped away from that church for a time uh, as we were thinking about moving. Um, just to give you an idea of the differences in churches, I had served on the elder board for four years in that church. My wife and I left and started attending another church. We did not receive one call from one person, including all the elders in that church, ever. Could you imagine that here, though, at Heritage? That we are blessed. We are blessed. Very blessed to have men. Pastor Ted would never have allowed that to happen. You know, I would have been barraged in a good way with phone calls from Pastor Ted. In fact, after talking with Pastor Ted about the possibility of moving back here, guess what? Yeah, you know, 
I got a phone call from Pastor Ted, you know, <laughs> out in California, just to see how I was doing and how things are going. And, and you know, I got more pastoring from him out there, never having really met him face to face, than I did from the pastors that I served with in that church. We started going to Grace Community Church where John MacArthur is. We went there for about six months or so before, six or eight, nine months before we moved back here. Anyway, um, that was my initial contact with Pastor Ted. And then my last contact with Pastor Ted was Sunday. We, uh, you know, were here worshiping as usual and Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Uh, I was walking out, and you know how Pastor Ted sort of stations himself there um, by the where the offering baskets are held or going out into the foyer. <clears throat> and he was talking with somebody, engaged in a conversation. <clears throat> and so and I didn't, didn't want to interrupt him, so I just was walking by. And as I'm walking by, <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me, Pastor Ted says, Hi, Larry. He stuck his, out his hand, shook my hand. And continued on in his conversation with whoever it was. I don't remember who it was that he was talking to. But that was Pastor Ted, multitasking relationships, able to engage with me just briefly, just letting him know that he sees me and, um, and uh, acknowledges me and continue on with his good conversation with someone else. That was Pastor Ted. Those, those are the bookends. <clears throat> on my relationship with him, which uh, which God used in so many ways. So I'm very um, deeply grateful for all that God has taught me through um, our beloved Pastor Ted. But I'm not gonna take the whole time, I just wanted to share some of those thoughts with you and kind of get the juices flowing, as it were, for you to think, although I'm sure the juices have been flowing already for a long time since, uh, since Monday. But um, I'm going to point this at you when you talk. This is not a gun. <laughs> um, it will pick up, and if you will speak up, uh, it will pick up your voice so that this can be recorded and uh, maybe shared with the family later on. But. Um, uh, we want to give you the opportunity as well, and uh, since there's a lot of us here, try to keep your remarks much more brief than mine, but um, so that we can uh, give everybody an opportunity to say something. So who would like to begin sharing some of your, your thoughts, your recollections, your blessings? Okay, Wiley? You know, I'd have to say that probably how he would, he wasn't afraid to uh, love people when they screwed up. That I would think being like Jesus in a sense would, after Peter denied him later on to bring him back in. I've seen that just actively in how he deals with people. He dealt with me and other guys even involved in the funeral that have, have made epic screw-ups. But he loved us. And, uh, and he really taught us something. Because you hear, I've heard people saying how how he practically loved people, like calling, always calling in a way, why weren't you at church today, and what's going on, that kind of thing. 
I would have to say that to me is very uh, precious and valuable. Mm. Amen. Amen. Really. I'll never forget last week being in here. I'm so thankful I was here last week and seeing the writing on the board. It just comes all back. But his call to us as parents to um, use nature, he mentioned birds and sunsets and feathers, yeah. um, to direct our kids to the glory of God and just to just those little practical nuggets that he was always mm. so quick to call us to. And I'm, I'm so thankful. I'll never forget that. And then our last exchange was he was walking back last Sunday morning from the stage and I was singing and he rubbed his belly and, and gave me a thumbs up. That's uh, our last exchange. <laughs> Joy. Amen. Thank you, Haley. Lester. Um, well, Haley called me uh, last Monday. It was about, I think it was between 8.30 and 9. Um, I was driving the dump truck, which I never answer the phone when I am, but I was on a long stretch where I didn't have to use my other hand. So I, and the dump truck is loud, and, you know, she said that Pastor Ted had passed away. I was like, nah, there's no way I heard that right. <laughs> because uh, he's, it, it's like youth never left him. Then the first pull over and just think about that. <coughs> that the first text that came to mind, and probably because uh, Pastor Key Withrow has been going through a Tuesday morning Bible study in Colossians, but I, the text that came to my mind was that is Colossians 1 and it's talking about Paul how he served that church and the purpose was that he might present everyone mature in Christ mm -hmm. and then he says for this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me and that's what I thought about Pastor Ted that God powerfully worked and gave him energy mm -hmm. that no one else I've seen in the ministry has. He just did so much. And Rebecca's testimony yesterday, he, he, he did so much with the time that he had. Yeah. And that's the Lord. That's the Lord working his energy into him. I don't miss him. Amen. <coughs> Donna.
in some part of the country. Would you mind if we bring them in here and put them up in your home? And then he would come over and sit in our living room and minister to pastors. And that happened on several occasions. Where, so even though we were gone, he was allowing us to minister in that way. And uh, he said it was so much easier just sitting in the living room talking, not worrying about a restaurant or a lobby of a hotel. And it was just that he was just so good to figure out where you could be useful. He didn't let you sit around. <laughs> he made our ministry here just a blessing. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Who's next? We've been here for uh, 17 years, and we were looking for a church that... Uh, That's Patrick, in case you don't recognize that voice. <laughs> that took uh, doctrine seriously, praying seriously, worship and song seriously, discipleship seriously, discipline seriously, church membership seriously, uh, discipline seriously, teaching your kids seriously, that took church as it's described in the New Testament seriously, and we found it here. We can't imagine raising our kids in any other church, partly because of what he sought out, and what the Lord gave him as a type of church to set up. And you know, he's the founding pastor of the church has died suddenly, but there's no worry about how the church is gonna do, because he's done such a good job of pastoring and discipling and setting, you know, just setting up a good church. You know that will move on. And my last interaction was with him was, hey, the men in the men's ministry have come up with an idea about discipling young men, um, and I'd like you to take a look at it. And he said, yes, just send me an email. He goes, but I'll be back with you in a couple of days. Call me. I'm not me about that. Uh, so he always was interested in pouring himself into us. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Patrick. Joe. I was in the learning center Friday picking up in their straightening up and I found a list of words. And the last word on the list was wisdom. And the definition list is for wisdom was seeking God's way. PT was saturated with wisdom. Whether he was preaching, teaching, counseling, or just passing you in the hallway, you always knew that he was thinking God's way. And that was just something that was wonderful about him. Amen. Thank you, John. Jim. Praise God that Pastor Ted was true to the word. And there were multiple times I sat down with him, and he helped me with my understanding. And he didn't have any problems. He said, Jim, you're wrong. <laughs> and then he turned to the scriptures and show me. I just praise God that he was one that was true to his word. Amen. <clears throat> yes. Um, I didn't know for very long. And I'm and sorry. I, tell me your name again. I, I know your last name. Annie, that's right. Uh -huh. I didn't know him very long. And most of the time that I did know him, I was living in New York. Um, I hadn't moved here yet. But he made me feel like a part of this church, even when I was, you know, 15 hours away. And I literally could not wait to move here to become a part of this church because of him. And because he always took the time to seek me out and say hi to me and ask me how I was doing. 
even though I was only ever down here for like a week at a time for the first three years of my friendship. And I remember meeting him and coming to this church and just thinking this church was the real deal. And I struggled a lot in college, and this church was a gift, and after that was a huge part of that. Amen. He had a he had a way of just making you feel warm, welcome, and and he always had a way of inviting you too, didn't he? <laughs> so how, I, I just out of curiosity, how many of you who are living here in Owensboro, Kentucky now, moved from some area further away, um, largely because of this church? Wow! See, so look at all that. <clears throat> okay, there was another hand I think I saw somewhere. Oh, okay, yes. I think uh, the first time we met Pastor Ted, we're from Jasper, and the first time we met Pastor Ted was at Haley and Lester's wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of got that personality that just sticks with him. And we was going to church, a little church in Ligoti, and uh, so the second time we come down, he he got to talking to us at, at that, and he said, "Well, you guys moved to Owensboro." <laughs> I mean, just right off the bat. And I told him, I said, "Well, I don't know." I said, "We're you know I work up in Jasper and be a long drive every day, so we come down to church once in a while. He's all the time talking to us, and just said, he made you feel like he was the only person there at that time. He always made time for you." Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where he was at or what she was doing. And we've had health issues, and he constantly called us, texted us. So, and the jokester part of him was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he said, uh, he called us up one morning and said, uh, Let's pay him out of jail. <laughs> I said, Yes, Pastor, she got out this morning. <laughs> he said, It's hard if I come up and visit y'all. I said, yeah, I said, it's a long ways, though. He said, that's okay, so you don't have to feed me or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came up and he visited with us, and that was the Monday before he died. Mm. And he, he prayed with us, and uh, he just had a way of making you feel at ease. And uh, I'm going to miss him a lot. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Dave, Brother Dave. <clears throat> church and uh, one of the things that struck me first was his approachability and his transparency um, sometimes pastors can get off an air of I'll just say false not false but a front or at least put on a face of spirituality you know when they deal with you professionally and then you know you don't feel like you can really approach them and get to know them but he was so approachable yeah. from kids to anybody and that was part of the gift that God gave him and the other thing that I, I guess I grew to admire and love was his humility yes um, you know I'll be I would be uh, we'd have talks and 
I would be talking about a problem I was having or confessing sin or what struggles, and he'd say, me too. And he would just, you know, there wasn't any arrogance about it. There wasn't any falseness about it. It was just so transparent like Jesus would be. So humble. And, uh, you know, when he'd get to a part of theology, he didn't understand. He wouldn't try to, you know. And there's a few areas that he didn't know for certain. Maybe more than a few. And it didn't bother him that he didn't know them. Um, he said, I just, he said, I don't know. And to hear a man of God say that, and yet, it's not that he carelessly said that. He, you know, he, we all know how deep he was and how well read and how studied and taught and how well he taught us. But he didn't have a, a moment's hesitation to say, I don't, I don't know, or I don't understand. Um, and he'd love and worship God at the same time. Amen. Amy. Um, I moved here in 96, and that pastor Ted at a soccer game, Rebecca was playing. And um, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time that first year teaching, crying in his office. Um, and I was thinking back this week, I, mean, I didn't get saved here or anything, but he, he was my first pastor. Um, you know, who actually spent time with me, counseled me, cared for me. Um, and I just, I didn't even think about that uh, until he was gone. Um, and I know he loved me, and I loved him. Uh, our last, uh, our last conversation was actually at Meyer. He was taking his laps, and I was checking out, um, and he... I, told, I was telling him about the women's Bible study that's coming up, and at first he thought it was going to be a Sunday school class, and he was just so encouraging. Like, it, it didn't matter that it might be a class that would interfere with his class. He just wanted to, uh, to encourage us to go on with it. It wasn't, there was no, you know, competition or anything. He was just wanted to encourage all that we were doing in the women's ministry, and, um, just always very encouraging, and I, I tend to be pretty critical, um, you know, and I, I might be listening to a sermon, and I'll be like, why, why is this lasting so long, <laughs> or, 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 or why is, why is, uh, you putting it that way, and I said, you look over, and he'd be sitting in the front row, and he's all he was always looking for what was uh, what was true, what was good, what he could say amen to. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always looking for the good. And then I'd be rebuked. I'm like, I need to be looking for the good. And um, so like he he was even giving an example when he wasn't even talking to, to you. You know, he was um, he was willing to learn from others and I'm just thankful mm-hmm. that uh, that he wasn't like a head pastor or lead pastor and mm. everybody else an associate. Yeah. I'm thankful that he uh, was a co-elder and mm. always treated his fellow pastors yeah. as as equals mm-hmm. and was humble to listen to them and to be pastored by them. I just praise the Lord for that because we're 
we're not left with uh, a bunch of associate pastors. We're left with pastors. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thankful to the Lord for that. Yeah. Amen. And I'm glad you said thankful to the Lord for that because, you know, that that is not by Pastor Ted's design. That's God's design. God designed the eldership to be that way. Pastor Ted just lived it out. He just made it happen. And um, what what a blessing. <coughs> Ruth. <coughs> That's how we ended up here at Heritage. Um, it was, you know, I agreed with that and settled for 20 some years, and that was very much a part of my ministry and very involved there. But that, when Brad started coming in and when started coming in, interacting with the youth here and with him doing all the types of things that Pastor Ted would do, that's how Dwayne and I ended up coming to Heritage. Um, and in, during the time of Lynn's surgery, her heart surgery, back when she was 19, he drove all the way up to Cleveland Clinic to be with us. So he has ministered to us so well. And then I just wanted to share. Um, on the, the last Sunday that I was here, I had previously spoken to Muriel, who, those of you who were helping Muriel get moved to Pennsylvania, he had met her while he was walking out of her mailbox, okay? And he started talking and gave the whole spiel about, you know, why didn't she come to, to Heritage? And that's how Muriel started coming here, and she said she was so blessed. I talked with her um, the week before he passed, and so I was telling him, I might have been the person talking to him out there, telling him about Muriel and how much she appreciated all his, um, you know, pastoring to her and encouraging her to come, and Diane helped with her resume, or her things to go out to the publishers, and. You know, we all helped her get packed up, and so many in this room were a part of that ministry. And she was so appreciative, and she just wanted me to be sure and tell Pastor Ted, which is what I might have been doing at the time you were walking through. I'm kind of thinking it was. And um, so, and he just, he his face lit up, and he was just saying, oh, I just hope she's doing well. And, you know. So. I was able to call her after he passed and just, you know, relay that with, and the fact that his face lit up and I could tell she was upset, you know, knowing because she said this this congregation has meant so much to her in just a short amount of time. Certain that my brother probably suggested to 
um, him that he doesn't, you know, push me too hard to do something because he knew I'd put in my heels and that would be it, you know. Because uh, I think Larry learned that lesson after a while. He knew that he needed to be gentle because I was stubborn. And so, you know, the Pastor Ted was really good. Um, we got to come down here when Larry moved here in 93. We were in Chicago. We had moved to Chicago. So we would swap holidays. So at Christmas, he would come up there and I'd come down for Thanksgiving. And then we'd switch it. So I had the opportunity to come to church frequently, uh, at least once or twice a year, <coughs> and meet um, with them. And he was always real kind and nice. And, but he never pushed. He didn't say to me, when are you moving? I never got that from him. Um, but, uh, and I, I suspect it's because maybe what he was saying. But anyway, um, my job made it where I had the southeast. And uh, so traveling from Chicago to Miami was a little bit of a trek, especially when you have to do by car. So we would, we just figured we needed to move. And Don and I were quite a while. We, we sold our house in uh, 2003 in July, and we came down here and put all our stuff in storage because we didn't know where we were going to live. We, we were still debating where to go. And the Sunday before we finally came to the conclusion where we needed to stay, Donna and I, the Saturday before we went, came to church here, uh, I turned to her, and we'd been all over the place looking where to move to. Could have been Raleigh, could have been... Um, Knoxville, Tennessee, Lex, Lexington, whatever, you know. And uh, I turned to her and I said to her, do you have any peace about where you want to live? And she says, no. And she said, how about you? And I said, no. We just didn't have any peace. And I remember distinctly, Pastor Ted spoke that morning in, Sunday, in church in the old auditorium. And after church, I turned to Donna and I said, I think the Lord wants us here. And she said, me too. Mm -hmm. and we made the decision, the Lord opened the door, and since that time we've had many, many opportunities to have Pastor Ted in our house for various holidays, um, Christmas, Thanksgiving, back this last Christmas, uh, the clients and Pastor Ted and Diane came to our house for Oh, Diane? Uh, Diane, that's right. She was but anyway, Pastor Ted came. And he brought his famous world masks and he had fun with that. Um, but the thing I remember about Pastor Ted that is, that is really a blessing to me, uh, and when I think about it, is that when we would come over, we had, or he would come over, we had a bunch of people over for uh, like a buffet type meal, eat graze. He never, he never got a plate loaded and sat down and ate. He grapes. He'd go over and he'd look up here, go talk to somebody, go back do a little more, go back and talk to somebody. And that was, I think, his his way of getting away from people so he can converse with all of them that were there. He, he worked it out so he could be everybody was in the room. So that was his way of doing it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then if he was doubting whether or not he was going to come to our house and we invited him, I said, hey, Donna's making deviled eggs. That took care of her. <laughs> she loved her deviled eggs. And he, you know, Diane said, how many of you have had? He loved the deviled eggs. So I knew I could get him if I said, no, I'm just making deviled eggs. Well, that has to tend he'll be here. So. But he was a blessing. He was always an encouragement. And I, I love the man here. It's going to be sore to me. Yeah, stay with you.
when he would come over, he almost many times he would just go off and take some journalists that were in there praying with us or counseling us. He used every opportunity. The meal was just secondary. <coughs> yes, Susie. My first introduction to Pastor Ted was in the mid '70s at youth retreat. I was a teenager, and he would come. He came up to speak, and of course, he was so much fun, you know, for that whole weekend because he was the he was the guest speaker, and and um, but he also would interact with us. Nonstop. So that was my first introduction. And then um, a few years later, I had gotten married and was in a very difficult and troubled marriage. And it was recommended to me to consider we needed to move where we were. And it was recommended for us to come to Owensboro. And I remembered Ted. So it was a it was an easy consideration. So my husband and I came down for a weekend and. Um, laid out for him what was going on in, in our situation and, and within a couple of months he was down here and Gary Boswell helped to find my husband a job and, and we were here but before we ever got here he was still calling us just to check on us before we ever and I felt like that we were we had already started being ministered to before we ever from that first encounter when my husband and I came down um, until we actually got here. Um, back in those days we you know, had the old sanctuary and, and it was um, Keith and, and um, Ted and Ted did primarily preaching both morning and evening and I wrote in my Bible, I wish I had my old Bible back then because I still it's in my Bible where when he preaches, I'm sure he still did that to this day, but I had a long list of terms of endearment that he would say as he was preaching, like, dear one, blessed brother and sister, mm. you know, my loved one. <laughs> um, and that was all in the course of his preaching. And, but it was probably, I had written down, because I started noticing it and started writing it down week by week, all the new ones that I heard him say, and there was like 10 of different terms of endearment that he said that, sh that during the course of preaching was showing us how much he loved us. Um, we lived here from 1982 until 92, and um, I come back pretty frequently for weekends and so forth, and, and there's not, you know, probably 95% of the time when I come back for a visit, he would say, okay, what's your schedule? So that we could have an hour together. Yeah. And he would call me, you know, no matter where, what state I was living in, he would call every once in a while just to check. And um, so I never felt like that he had ever let go of me. In fact, I told him many times that I felt like he was also still my pastor. He and Tim and Keith. <coughs> Shelly very strongly they have been my pastors throughout all the years and he loved that you know he told me he didn't ever want that to change yeah, that he yeah. still wanted me to consider him as pastor mm -hmm. and he functioned that way mm -hmm. yes 
Amen. I didn't <coughs> earlier do this. <coughs> Excuse me. But we have uh, a, a brother here from Grand Rapids, Joseph Camp. And you go by Joseph or Joe? You know, in the work world, people call me Joe. And uh, family and church, Joseph. Okay. Well, um, we'll call you whatever you want. Joseph is great. Joseph, okay. Well, we're glad to have Joseph here. He's from Grand Rapids, and he came down here for the funeral. I'm going to pull up Pastor Ted and say, would you like to share anything with us about your recollections of Pastor Ted? I would, actually. Thank you. Um, So, uh, first of all, from the church, Grace Emanuel, Reformed Baptist Church in Grand Rapids, I just want to tell everybody, um, you know, extend our condolences and uh, we, we do grieve with you. Um, he was a, a legendary character and uh, he, he, you have you have lost a giant. You really have. Um, but you know, in my reflection on, on you know, what made him so special? Uh, I don't think it's as intuitive as maybe we think. Why did God allow him to be so useful? Um, is it is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it is it the way God made him? Is it is it is it grace? And and of course all those things are combined, and and it's a wonderful complexity of putting together planning and grace and nature, but. But the thing about Ted Chrisman that I know, and of course I don't know him as well as you all, y'all, is I think, I believe, uh, the reason God caused him to be so useful was because he was saturated. He was fully convinced, and this is so important, please do not Forget this. Um, the goodness of God. Mm. When, when, and I don't know why this is in, in the Bible, why God does this, but when Moses said, God, show me your glory, God could have shown a lot of things. He could have, he could have showed his power. He could have showed his holiness. He could have showed his wisdom. But he didn't. He caused his goodness to pass before Moses. Mm. Right? And the parable of the talents, in, in our understanding, what is it that makes the wicked servant say, I don't want part of your scheme? Because he said to his master, you, you're harsh, you're austere, you reap where you don't sow, you gather where you haven't scattered seed. But the other one said, look, I, I, he gave me five, I, I, you know, I got I to gotta invest this, I'm... I'm um, this is scary. He's going away. He's not holding my hand anymore, but he's wise. And if he gave me five, that must mean that he knows that I can handle five. And the one that says two, you know, he, he only gave me two, but that's because he knows that I can only handle two. But he's wise and he's good. Hmm. And, and I'm going to take this, this, this calculated risk and I'm going to put it out there. Um, but this, this goodness of God is so important. And I, I, I am absolutely convinced the reason Ted Christman was as successful as he was because he knew something about the goodness of God and, he, and, and, and we become the God that we, we, we worship. 
Um, and, I, and I thank you. Sorry, going too long, but um, please, as you as you go in the next months and you go through your grief, and it's, and it's good and it's natural. Uh, um, don't think of him just as a man who had just you know one of a kind. Um, well, he was. Uh, we all are. And, and, and God can do for you what he did for Ted Christman. Honor him in acknowledging and confessing and believing and learning about the goodness of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Joe. When are you moving to Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> I told Pastor Ted. <laughs> Okay, well, our time is up, and uh, we, we appreciate all of you in sharing with us. And I'm going to ask uh, Brother Davo if you would close us in prayer. Father in heaven, we uh, give thanks to you for your goodness mm -hmm. uh, in so many ways, expressed mostly and primarily through your son Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as a pastor, an under-shepherd, under the great shepherd, who was so faithful to our souls. Thank you for this opportunity to gather today to worship our great God together. Lord, we pray for your healing. We pray for strength and we pray for joy, knowing that the gospel is true, that mm -hmm. our pastors with you in your presence where there's fullness of joy. And we will all at some point be raised to newness of life uh, with new bodies to live with you forever. Lord, this is a great gospel. Amen. Help us to worship you in that spirit today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The guys who typically help set this room up for lunch for school, we're going to take all these tables into the gym and just stack them against this end wall so we'll be ready to set up for stop. That's it. Thank you.